Welcome to the Synapse Nips podcast, where we explore the power of health and healing. On this podcast, we will be talking with health experts, professionals, and leaders about hot topics in the world of health. Whether it's tools to help you flourish, successful stories to inspire, or tips to optimize your health, Synapse Nips is here to help you take the first steps towards living your best life. Welcome to Synapse Snips. This is Dr. Troy, joined by Dr. Josh and Marquis. Today we're going to talk about uh, food and uh, let food be thy medicine. So often attributed to Hippocrates, this is such a big statement. And I just want to talk about uh, a few things with that. Uh, Dr. Josh, you were mentioning an article um, that kind of spoke to this as far as the U.S. compared to other neighboring countries. You want to fill us in? Yeah, and food isn't the only factor here, but it's a big one. And it was basically saying that you know the U.S. spends the most among high-income countries on healthcare, and out of those high-income countries, we have by far the worst outcomes. And so this is uh, seen for anybody that goes into a doctor; they can't talk to you about being healthy. They can talk to you about medication, and we spend a lot of money on medication when what we should be doing is teaching people how to eat good food. I have one other story about that because my mom and I were talking about this recently. When I was a teenager, I had some, some bad acne. And for a time, we tried medications and antibiotics and all these things because we just went to a normal pediatrician. This was kind of the beginning of my journey into, into this type of healthcare. We eventually found somebody who did some testing, found I was sensitive to dairy, cut out dairy, and everything cleared up. We went back to that doctor, and he said, there's no way it could be that. It's just as a coincidence. We never saw that person again. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a, that's a very normal thing where doctors don't think that food and healthy lifestyle is going to change anything. They think it's going to be medication. So that's why we spend a whole bunch of money <laughs> and we don't get very good outcomes. Yeah. And not only does food matter, but also now let's get into the kind of deeper conversation of the quality of the food. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've said this for years, and we have a saying here at Synapse, if God made it, it's good. If man changed it, just beware. And so when we look at food, what's some of the things that we've changed? Yeah, yeah everything. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I tell my patients this a lot, too, because there is, I think, too much focus on the type of foods that should be avoided. Mm-hmm. I think this is a kind of a downfall of, of um our type of healthcare, you know, natural healthcare is that a lot of practitioners will put people on restrictive diets. Yeah. And I think very often, like what you said, the quality of the food, the state of the gut is more important than avoiding a whole slew of different categories of foods. Yes. And case in points, I know people who can't eat wheat products here in this country whether it's because of the, the gluten content, what it's sprayed with, but then go to other countries, Europe, and eat wheat and be totally fine. Yeah, the heritage grains, which is basically how they were uh, uh, started, those have been altered and changed. That's one example of how they've been changed in the United States and, and even in Canada. And so we do see uh, that as one example. Uh, also, things like genetically modified food, uh, they're okay here in the United States, but they're banned in certain countries in Europe. And so uh, those are things we need to look uh, look at. You were mentioning one other example of some people from the UK that were commenting on oh, stuff yeah, they can't yeah. eat here. What was it that they yeah, had to avoid? Uh, one of my neighbors uh, is, from, uh, is from England, and she was saying that they can't get certain 
I think it was, it was candy from the United States because the, the food colorings that we use here are not allowed in, in their country. Yeah, they're banned. Because they're toxic. Yes. <laughs> so when you actually look up some of the information, it, it'll boil your blood a little bit when you yeah. look at how we are. And I'm going to, I'm going to say this knowing that it's not, uh, uh, I'm not taking this uh, lightly at all. We're literally being poisoned by our own food supply in the United States a little bit at a time because it's not good quality. And so the people who are in charge of our Food and Drug Administration are getting an F in my books. They are failing us miserably when it comes to our health. I personally believe that we wouldn't have the highest output and expenditure in healthcare um, if we improved our food sources. And then, then we educate people on good choices with that food. So even fast food restaurants could actually be good for us if it was made with better quality ingredients and better food. Yes, we can get into the fried food things and stuff like that. But if you get real good quality, clean food, it can be made quickly and still be good for you. High nutrient, low calorie. That exists. I find it interesting, and I was reading a bit about different types of diets recently, and one of the main predictors of diet success is just cutting out processed foods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter so much what you what the add. Diet is. Yeah. Yeah. Is it high carb? Is it low carb? Is yeah. it high protein? What is it? If you cut out the processed junk, you're going to be better off. Yeah, and really all that process, the, the term process, what that means is man has altered it, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. changed it. Usually to increase the shelf life and the shipping capacity. And decrease the cost. And decrease the cost, yeah, Yeah. which is great from a business model, horrible from a health model. So my role and our role here at Synapse, uh, along with many, many other practitioners on uh, this planet and especially in the United States, is to start to educate the people that we need change. We need change with our food uh, supply. We need change from all the way from farming practices up to delivery. So... Until that happens on on mass, what are some solutions that we can offer up to some of our patients to say, and the people listening, um, as far as what what can you do to start uh, uh, feeling better as far as the food choices that you're making right now? Well, going back to the processed foods, even if you just eat whole food, yes, not yeah. from whole foods, but whole food, yeah. unprocessed food, whether it's fruits, vegetables, meat, even starches, if they're less processed, are going to be better than ripping open a bag of chips or ordering a pizza. I know it takes a little bit of extra work, um, but we'll talk about organic stuff in a minute. There are a lot of people who can't afford it, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's still better to choose unprocessed options, even if it's not organic. It's uh, we, ta- we talked about this a little bit on our, our last podcast about uh, health choices after, after the holidays, Yes, where making incremental improvements or small improvements can still have a huge difference, a huge impact. Absolutely. And I'm going to reframe the, the mindset for a lot of you too, who say that uh, you can't afford organic because I think uh, when you take a bigger step back, a, a 40,000 foot view, when you eat organic, it's a cleaner fuel source for your body and brain. And then there'll be less things, less money you have to spend on other things for your health down the road. Number one, number two if you are eating processed food, uh, I had a patient years ago whose husband was a food engineer. Their job is to create food additives that make you crave that food. That's what they're tasked to do. If they're good at their job, they will help engineer a food source that ha- has you be addicted to their food. 
That's what they want. So if you have uh, some food that costs $2.50 and you have an organic food that costs $5 and you eat the $2.50 processed food that causes you to be addicted and eat more of it, if you have three of those, that's $7.50 <laughs> compared to the $5 organic food that keeps you healthy and at a, a better weight. Historically, when people switch to organic food, they eat less because there's more nutrients in the food. If you have a whole food that's full of nutrients and those nutrients get into your cells, your cells stop sending the signal to the brain saying, I'm hungry, feed me. When you're nutrient deprived, your cells send that signal to the brain saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. And we've never in the history of the United States seen it worse than it is right now where people are obese and nutrient deficient. And that exists right now. So that comes from the whole uh, clean food component. And so eating organic, I'm telling you right now, is the cheapest it's ever been in the, in the history of the United States since I've been alive. When I uh, was part of... Uh, starting the first organic co-op uh, here in uh, the cities that we live in, it was very expensive and we had to see, search out different farmers and it was really hard to get. It's actually very, very easy right now to the point uh, here locally where we now have manufacturing facilities on the border of Minnesota and Wisconsin that are uh, sourcing local uh, organic farms and we're, there's an increased demand. So they're actually starting to do it more and more. And I also, this is one of my pet peeves, but I don't think we should call it organic food because it's just food. It's the chemical laden food that should be called something different, like chemical laden food or processed food. So food should clean organic food should just be food. And when we've altered and changed it and sprayed it with all these chemicals, it needs to have the name toxic food or chemical laden food. It's absolutely backwards. And so there, I'm going to challenge people and say, when you start eating organic, you will actually save money in the long run from many, many different factors. Plus, you can now get it very, very cost effectively. Here we have Costco and um, we have different um, stores, even within Target and stuff that are right close to us, that actually have it uh, at pretty reasonable uh, rates. And you can get it in bulk uh, as well. And it's very, very cost effective. And so in our house... We're about 96% organic and have been for years. It's one of the first thing, first things we uh, did was uh, clean up uh, just the quality, quality of our food and what we we're eating. I'll switch gears a little bit and tell you one of my pet peeves. Yes. It's that, um, especially with gluten-free and some of these other diets, is that people will switch to that and still eat all the processed yeah. organic gluten-free stuff. <laughs> yes. You can still eat what's considered to be organic good food, and still miss the mark a bit by eating that stuff still ultra-processed. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, that's very, very true. One other gem I'd like people to kind of look into is uh, supporting the local farmers. Reach out to the local farmers, whether they're, they're part of a farm-to-table. And this is a new trend that we're seeing here in the United States, which is really an old trend that's being brought back. But getting fresh, local, organic, clean food to the restaurants and using that to cook and prepare with. It's awesome to see that. Mm -hmm. If you find a restaurant or any business uh, um, associated with farm to table with clean organic food, support it. Get to know these people. Get to know 
the businesses and and support them with by purchasing their products or by getting the word out or doing bulk orders with uh, neighbors. A lot of these places will actually ship fresh fruits and vegetables or whatever they're making to groups if it if it actually works for them uh, to to take the extra effort to ship it, they're going to ship it in large amounts. And you can do these co-ops and cost-sharing programs uh, to help get you fresh, clean um, food uh, throughout the year. Just like you mentioned that the the poor manufacturing food process is driven by cost and all these things. A lot of this is it's a supply and demand issue. It is. Really. Yep. And so if we demand better quality food, yes. then hopefully they would respond by giving us better quality food. Well, we definitely know in the last 20, last 30 years since, uh, since we really saw the, the change locally here, uh, it has improved. The demand has just increased every year. When, when we opened up the co-op, uh, in, uh, Burnsville, Minnesota, back in the nineties, it was the only one in town. Now we have multiple co-ops, uh, in, town, uh, maybe over 50 as far as the Trader Joe's and the, the different companies that are out there. And so there's just a lot more options. And it even has gone back into a lot of the uh, things like Cub Foods and Aldi's and Target's. And these are names of our local stores that are offering organic. They have an organic section now. And so th- that didn't even exist years ago. That started from the grassroots effort of getting and demanding this clean food. So we je- we have to keep... Uh, Keep going, mash the gas pedal, if you will, and, uh, and just keep pushing forward when it comes to those demands because the impact on the body is, is huge. It's a, it's a really an important part of it. So one of my challenges to all those listening right now is if you had the excuse that organic food is too expensive, we talked about this last podcast, what's the lie you're believing there? I want to, I want to prove to you that that's not true. I want you to, I'm challenging you to go out and start buying organic and start looking at ways to do it cost effectively and start to, to even pay attention to some of the financial um, uh, outlay that you have and just compare it and then look for ways. If it is higher, look for ways to reduce that. And in the short term, it might appear that way, but as you start to see changes with your health and things that uh, you used to have to do, like I've had patients who um, used to get sick every year and then they'd have to to go to the doctor or put an outlay for uh, whether it be supplements or, or prescription meds or things like that. In our countries where you don't pay for that stuff, there's an indirect scenario where it actually goes into your taxes and you pay it that way. So if you multiply one person by a million uh, and then you see the it uh, affect the tax rate later, that's what it was. And I grew up in Canada, so a lot of people say, oh, we have free health care. No, you just get paid differently. And so it goes through your taxes in, in other areas. You will see those those types of things start to decrease en masse when you're making good gains. And we just know it just makes sense. If you're looking at a car putting in gas, if the gas is cleaner, the fuel burns cleaner. End of story. You don't have to do as much maintenance on the car with a clean fuel. When you have dirty gas, all of a sudden you've got to clean out a lot of the engine because of all of the contaminants that are left behind. We're the same thing. We're just a more high-powered vehicle. Some of us are like Lamborghinis even. (laughs) Nobody in this room. No. (laughs) I'm like a high-class moped. I really am. High-functioning moped. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's really important because I do see this as a foundational principle uh, of health when it comes to the food we're putting in our mouth. And educate yourself on what foods are good and um, what foods have been altered or tainted. And so there is a, a, a great, there's a lot of great resources out there um, that can uh, talk about this. One of them is the, is it EC? Was it ECW? Oh, I'm going to get this Environmental one. Working Group. There it is. Yeah. Environmental Working Group. Thank yeah. you, Josh. Yeah. Uh, they have great resources uh, for you as far as things that are unclean. Um, mm-hmm. And over in Europe and in other uh, countries like New Zealand and Australia, we've seen that they have some of their regulatory boards too. And they're actually quite a bit ahead of the United States when it comes to cleaner food than, than we are over here. But uh, unfortunately, we can see that as United States... And their fast food chains get into other countries. The the bad habits and trends uh, of obesity and inflammatory problems uh, uh, really start to impact those countries. Mm-hmm. Looking at the research just in China alone, and what happened when um, we saw fast food restaurants go in there was pretty uh, pretty interesting. They did not get obese like we did here in the United States, but their stroke rates actually increased drastically too. So what ended up happening is the fat deposits, because of their genetics, didn't go in causing obesity right away, but the fat deposits were deposited in different areas, including on the outside of arteries, and it actually increased their their stroke rates on par with uh, what was happening in the United States. But over here, we tend to become more obese, uh, but the cardiovascular compromise was still the same. So very, very important to to keep it clean. Keep it clean. Any other... uh, tidbits of information as far as uh, food cleanliness, organic versus uh, non-organic, um, any other gems as far as uh, what you've come up against with uh, some of your patients for some challenges? So one thing about water, clean water is terribly important too. Yes. And I don't think we've ever had dirtier tap water. Yeah. <laughs> and actually speaking of the environmental working group, if you want to go scare yourself, Go to their website. They have a tap water database. You can type in your zip code, and it'll show the different uh, municipalities and their water supply. And the Environmental Working Group has tested a variety of chemicals, certainly not exhaustive, to look at what's the level of, of this chemical in the water. Is it, does it exceed legal limits? Does it exceed health limits? Or is there just no limit set at all? Yeah, and there is. I've done that, done this for areas around us, and you'll find ten, fifteen different known chemicals. Not to say you know a whole bunch of other chemicals that aren't being tested for. Yeah, high in the water, and so. And the nice thing too is that they'll show you then later on the page what type of filtration is necessary to remove those types of contaminants, whether it's reverse osmosis or, or like a Berkey gravity you know carbon filter type of thing. Yeah, and. Um, it's motivating, too, because you don't want to be drinking that junk. Yeah. yeah. Generally speaking, we want clean air, clean water, clean food. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've talked about this in the past podcasts, but for clean air, uh, most people think about smog and other things like that in the larger cities. But uh, the number one hidden source for uh, unclean air is mold in yeah. the houses you're living in. So uh, that is true across the world. And so uh, 25% of the population cannot detoxify the spores of mold properly. So it's important to uh, look at that as a potential uh, problem or challenge too. And a lot of people who are struggling with digestive issues actually, and hormonal issues, it can actually start with poor air quality and mold being 
one of the main culprits. It's a big deal here where we live in Minnesota where we don't have the windows open for six months out of the year because yeah. it's too cold. We don't get a lot of good circulation in our homes. Yep, and a lot of mold is just, uh, it's uh, uh, in the fungal family and it's a, it's a high-end neurotoxin for some people and depending on the type of mold too. Yeah, yeah the stachyboitrous black mold scenario can be life-threatening, but the other molds can also be life-altering. So yeah, I see that a lot. Yeah, we do see that a lot. And same thing with our, our food too. Um, keeping that uh, food clean uh, from farm to, to table is very important, but also how we maintain it. Yep. All right. Well, we want to thank you for your time listening here. We encourage you to send in your questions. Where do they send it to? So on, the, yeah, so on our website, Official Synapse, we have a media tab. You can go to the podcast. Um, there is a section there where you can submit questions. Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. Yep, and we'll be going through many of those at our next podcast. So tune in. Thanks again for tuning in and take care. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Synapse Nips podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast and share the podcast. To learn more, check out our website at www.officialsynapse.com. Until next time. This has been Synapse Nips Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. This podcast is for information purposes only and should under no circumstances be considered medical advice or a substitute for medical care. Any information given in this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease and is at the user's own risk. Please first consult a licensed healthcare professional.